Lester, the Nightfly. On the Pacific Radio Network. Also made available on PRX, the Public Radio Exchange. All hit radio. Every time you pick up the mic, you are broadcasting. Lester the Nightfly? Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Lester the Nightfly. I'm Lester the Nightfly. Hello, Baton Rouge. Won't you turn your radio? Hello and welcome to Lester the Nightfly. This is your host, PJ Ewing. I'm glad you're here. We have an interview this week. We're going back to some Detroit rock and roll with Ron Chambers. Ron, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, PJ. It's great to be here. We have worked on this for many months, man. <laughs> it's here. It's here. It's here. Finally, I'm so glad to do this. And it's uh, been a deep dive for me, really feverish over the last 24 hours, to be honest, to go into your band, the Cadillac Kids, and understand a little bit from what I can about what you guys are and have been in the world of rock and roll. And also to hear some of the reference points that you've brought to us. There's a wonderful playlist that we're going to go through. This is likely to be two shows. Everyone knows how I am. I, I say this is going to be one and it turns into two. So this will probably be two episodes in a row uh, with you, Ron. And I'm just delighted to do this. We have not known each other for that long, but um, this is going to be a great chance to talk about your music and your history and your life and all kinds of stuff. I'm excited about it. Yeah, me too. You've done radio before, though, right? You guys, uh, I, I saw some reference points on your website, CadillacKids.com, where you guys have, you know, been in the limelight before. Yeah, I mean, back in the 80s, we did a lot of radio shows and even television shows, you know, local cable TVs, uh, stations would put on uh, local, you know, uh, bands. Uh, so it's great to see yourself on television. Your parents really like that, too. <laughs> that's my son. Look at him. Look that's at him it. in all his glory. Um, <laughs> that's really cool. Yeah. And you warmed up for all kinds of bands. You know, I have a bio in front of me, but I'd, I'd rather maybe just hand it over to you. Can you tell us, you know, what is your music background and, and what are the Cadillac hits? Sure. Well, you know, I just, um, I, I, I'm from Detroit, right? And uh, I'm a little old guy. And so that means I grew up listening to Motown, which is wonderful. Still love it. They made such a contribution, you know, to uh, music, uh, all those guys. And then one day the Beatles were on Ed Sullivan. And I said, wow, I want to be like that. And now from the stage of the Doville Hotel, here he is, Ed Sullivan. Ladies and gentlemen, 
Here are four of the nicest youngsters we've ever had on our stage. The Beatles, bring them on. That changed my life that night and so I decided I wanted to be a musician and of course my parents weren't really into that too much and it took a lot of begging and so forth but a few years later I got a drum set and uh, as 12 years old I was playing in a band without taking lessons by the way I just sat down and played along with vinyl records on my little turntable I had it sitting next to me and I would learn to play uh, along with songs as I went through my teenage years and playing in bands, there were a lot of great local bands in the Detroit market. Um, some of them you would have heard of, some of them you would not have. Love's Gone Bad by the Underdogs, which uh, the Cadillac Kids actually covered um, in, their, in their live performances through many years. Oh, I'm feeling sad because love's gone bad. I see a rainbow. neighborhood in northwest detroit there were a couple of um, catholic schools one was an all-girls school and they would have what i think they called them sock hops or something mm -hmm. and they would bring in bands and they would play in their cafetorium if you remember what that is right yeah uh, in the lunch room and at one end there's a stage and they would have these bands like bob seeger and ted nugent playing and we got to go to those things, get up close and personal and got to meet them and things like that. And just have a whole bunch of stories like that, that, you know, we could talk about that for a long time. It's lost, isn't it? It's kind of lost. You know, that's not, I, I don't believe what you'd see at a dance in high school anymore. It would be a DJ pretty much, right? Yeah, it's, it, everything is different, you know? Yeah. Hmm. We've lost something there because, you know, those guys you mentioned got all this practice, you know, in a safe setting, pretty much. I mean, you know, you've got your critics and all that, but you're a band in a, a gym or a cafeteria, cafetorium, and you're you're performing and you're, you're you know, working out stuff. And it's it, you get all that live feedback, which is so essential. And, you know, that's these guys are became huge. Many of them. Oh, yeah. There was another band uh, from the area. They might have been from Ann Arbor. I'm not sure. Uh, but we got to meet Brownsville Station. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, Smoking in the Boys Room. They were the guys Huge. who wrote that and put that out first. And their original drummer was a guy named TJ Cronley. <laughs> and I just thought he was everything. He was just wild. He played the heck out of the drum set, man. He pounded it. And he was just very much fun to watch and it was it was very good at the same time and he had a a, a life-changing event for himself he decided to join the air force mm -hmm. and then they brought in a guy that T, uh, uh, tj recommended his name was henry weck hmm. so henry weck became the drummer in brownsville station 
And of course, as luck would have it, right after that was when they had smoking in the boys' room and had all that success. Oh and God. Henry was the drummer in the band at that time. Wow. And I bring him up because this will we'll just kind of leapfrog a little bit over to after Cadillac Kids. I want to come back and talk about Henry Weck and my Christian rock project okay. because he he uh, he recorded me and produced it with me. He was awesome to work with. Hey, there was another little band that was from Michigan, just north of Detroit, in a place called Flint. Yeah, it was a little band called Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> yes. with Mark Farner's voice. I thought he was the best rock and roll singer. And then uh, the drummer, Don Brewer, he was another guy who just pounded the drum set. It, he was really good too. And and I think between those two guys, it, it sort of impacted me in a way that helped me develop my drum style. mentor in my life he bought me a guitar for my 16th birthday hmm. i'm in bands so I, I would say hey teach me how to play some chords right you know now you just go on youtube and somebody shows you how to play a song back then we didn't have that stuff we had to figure it all out you know the guitar player spent a lot of time figuring out songs and i would say hey show me how to play the chords so i learned three chords and i could play gloria by <laughs> Ed morrison and those guys right and it just kind of over time you know at late at night i'm in my room upstairs i'd get my guitar and just mess around with it <laughs> and you know kind of freak out i would call it and just doing making sounds and doing different things and eventually i started writing and I uh, probably wrote my first song when I was 17 or so. Wow. Wow. Yeah. we be without the cassette tape there are elaborate documentaries audio documentaries i think it was on radio lab maybe or one of the big podcast uh, outfits where they studied the impact of the audio cassette and uh it, it has been more than anything else more than cd or all kinds of other technologies that we're all very familiar with 
it was the audio cassette, frankly, that changed the world. I won't go into it now. I've referenced it on this show before, and I'll I'll um, I'll share some links in the blog at lesterthenightfly.com for this show. But the cassette changed the world, and it, it it changed your life in many ways too. It allowed you to to write. It sounds like. Oh, it it was a tool, you know. And I had this really cool little cassette recorder. It actually wasn't mine. It belonged to my manager, hmm. but I borrowed it. And it you um, it, it was made by Sony, and you could it had uh, where you could plug in more than one input, right? Uh, and then what I learned was I could do uh, multiple tracks, so sort of. Huh. So I would record something, put that tape in the other tape player on the deck, play that, and then I could lay a track over it. Oh, man. So you yeah, were was, hearing the cassette player play on one side while you're recording new on the other. That is correct. And then wow. it put them all together. Got it. Yeah. Multi-track. I mean, Multi-track recording in my dining room <laughs> with a cassette player. You had the fever, man. <laughs> you had the fever. I love that. I love that. You know, it's funny. Uh, I interviewed a couple times on this show uh, a very avant-garde music producer, creator named Jonathan Ammons. He's in Asheville, North Carolina. And he used in his last ambient recordings, very atmospheric stuff, uh, uh, little to no vocals, in the in the last record that he did and he used the cassette where he would tape it so it looped in a length of time and then record and then re-record and record over so he would tape down the record button so that it would continuously record itself over and over so it, it, oh. it almost degraded over multiple recordings on the same tape he figured out how to do that with an old cassette player like what you probably had and this is a brand new record a year and a half ago let's call it and it, it's amazing because it, it it changes time signature it changes pace it, it degrades it records over itself it's fascinating and it's yet again with the cassette recorder amazing. wow i'd love to hear that i'll share it with you yeah it, it's one of the shows that i did at the beginning of 2023 actually great guy okay great guy i, I like to get him on the show every time he's got a new record because it's always so interesting very avant-garde Let's get into some Grand Funk Railroad right now. These guys were the ones from Flint, foot stomping music. What can you say about this track before we hear it? Oh my gosh. You know, uh, 
there's so much I could say about it. It was, it just really moved me. I think it was such a great tune. Mark Farner played the Hammond B3 organ in it. And I love that. That's like my second favorite instrument of all time is the Hammond B3. Wow. Um, and it, 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 I convinced the Cadillac kids to use it. This is many years later. We would open our show with it sometimes. It was awesome. <laughs> wow. Let's listen to Footstop and Music from Grand Funk Railroad.
So they later, I think, went just by Grand Funk, didn't they? They dropped the railroad. This is true. Yeah. A lot of big songs. Yeah. Can't, you can't uh, escape. And then I'm Your Captain, Closer to Home, Some Kind of Wonderful. Wow. I haven't heard them in so long, man. This is music that I would hear going to Catholic Central High School in Redford, Michigan. Oh, my gosh. In the, in the carpool from- with some dad driving us or mom. I didn't even know you were, you were in Detroit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is you're walking into. I don't have any kind of knowledge that you do about these bands. But yeah, I, I'm I'm from Farmington Hills. No kidding. Wow. <laughs> no wonder we get along so well. <laughs> I knew it. Right. <laughs> there had to be a reason. And that's why I know Bob Seeger, who, by the way, used to have a, a four wheeler and drive around my uncle's neighborhood in northern Michigan like they were neighbors. And he's like, yeah, there's Bob Seger driving around. This is like five or six years ago up north. Yeah. Um, I saw Bob Seger at, oh, man, it had to be at Cobo Hall. It had to be um, on tour. I'll never forget it. That was the one time I saw Bob Seger. But let's listen to some Bob Seger, another local Michigander. It's called Ramblin' Gamblin' Man here on Lester the Night Live. Gate of Heaven School in uh, Northwest Detroit on West Chicago. I went to see them and I got to meet their drummer. His name was Pep Perini. And he uh, he had the coolest little rig set up. He had a double bass drum kit, but he had bass drums, two of them, one on either side of him, 
mounted on stands that were up in the air. Okay. And so if you can visualize putting an arm up in the air and hitting a bass drum and he used mallets. Wow. You no, know, with the felt balls on the end, right? Yeah. Yeah. And so the beat to Ramblin' Gamblin' Man is like boom, boom, bop, boom, boom, bop, boom, boom, bop, boom, 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 bop, right? That's the whole song. Is, it, the it bass drum notes yeah, because of that beat. That's, on those elevated bass drums. Wow. It was awesome. Wow. And I went, and so then afterwards, you know, this is pretty, you know, low key stuff. I went up. And they were tearing down. I just went up to him and started talking to him, and he gave me one of them. Oh, <laughs> man. Isn't uh, that amazing? Uh, yeah, that was I've, that was awesome. So um, that's my backstory to Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. But that was one of the the songs, I think, that really elevated Bob Seger to yeah. uh, another level, you know? Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Huge. And, uh, of course, he's gone on to do other things. Such a great, great songwriter. Great songwriter, worldwide fame, uh, but that was his first record, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. I mean, that it was not. It's not? It is not. Oh, tell me. Okay. So, Ramblin' Gamblin' Man, the name of the band was the Bob Seger System. Okay. And after that, it became, you know, the Silver Bob Seger Silver and the Bullet Silver band. Bullet Band. Right. But before the system, it was uh bob seeger and the last herd <laughs> he was working through ideas for a while <laughs> you got to look this up pj they had a couple of records out one of them was called persecution smith oh wow yeah that was one of them what was the other one that's a great that's a, that's a song name yeah oh that's, you wow. got to look this up and it, 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 you will love it we're gonna hear it right now wait a minute Everyone, Persecution Smith by Bob Seeger and The Last Herd. He rises every morning, but he don't look at the sun. He reaches in the corner where he keeps his loaded gun. Then he checks the firing action as he straps it to his chest. Plants an ambush for the mailman. Even though it's all in jail He's here, he's there, he's everywhere He's found uptown and underground Unlike my friend Flicker You know he's not a myth He's persecution, persecution, persecution You'll see him looking on. He's soon joining the hell. Okay, man. I've never heard that one before. Wow. Yeah. yeah there's another one I'm, that's that the title's not coming to my mind, but if you kind of do a little history on him, you'll find that there, he had a couple of singles out before Ramblin' Gamblin' Man. I see. I gotcha. So yeah. I, I, you, you grew up. I, I've been trying not to, but it's getting to me too. But do you ever play video games? Yeah, sure. I used to work for a vending company in between when I was uh, in the Cadillac Kids. When we were, you know, we'd spent 10 years. That's all we did was pursuing a, you know, uh, a record contract. I had to make some other money somewhere. So I worked for a vending company and I moved the machines around. I collected the money out of the things and took it back. So, yeah, I played video games. 
There's a game that's infamous, famous. Maybe it's at this point, maybe 10 years old. Maybe, maybe that much. Uh, called um, Red Dead Redemption 2. And it's on consoles and, you know, that. But Persecution Smith fits right into that Wild West, Old West. <laughs> right? It's got to yeah. be a town or a character. Persecution Smith. I love it. Bob Seger, man, oh man, I love that you brought some Bob Seger. If we had one more, what would you, would you play one of the biggies? What what else would you play from Bob Seger? He has an album called Smokin' O.P.'s. Mm. And he did some covers on that. If I were a carpenter. If I were a carpenter. You remember that? I don't. I don't, I don't, okay. I don't think I do. I, I don't. Let's do it with If I Were a Carpenter just for a second right here, right now.
right man everyone knows the biggie so we're not going to play those for bob seeger but this is really interesting to go down this this path because you know you wonder if you're local like i was and you are if it's just about us it's just because he's a local guy that you're hearing him on the radio but then bob seeger became obviously you know worldwide night moves was the studio album that was just gigantic for yeah. him and then i think there were commercials and you know like a rock and wasn't that yeah, soundtrack like a for a movie oh wow that's the eddie murphy movie uh, i didn't know that didn't know that all right bob seeger wonderful that's great local guy let's get to the cadillac kids though i want to hear a song right out of the gate and then i want you to start to explain maybe what is this thing and let's play establishment bash ah yes okay here it is oh for us a world premiere for the world they've heard this before this is called establishment bash from the cadillac kids Take poverty, it's a suicide. 
Okay. We got there after some wanderings a little bit. The Cadillac Kids. <laughs> Let's talk about the band first, and then we'll talk about the song. My life story is, I'm, gonna, I'm thinking I'm going to write a book about it. Wow. <laughs> right? Everybody probably thinks the same way. But, you know, uh, I told you I was a musician early in life, and that was my, my first love. And my desire was to, you know, be like the Beatles, right? I wanted to be uh, in a band. I wanted to play professionally and all that. Uh, but uh, as a young person, I got married and had a family. So I needed to provide for them. You need insurance and stuff like that, money to pay bills. So um, I got a job at uh, General Motors in Hamtramck, Michigan, PJ. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, it was called the Detroit Forge Plant. It was mm. a hideous place. Mm. It was dark and hot and you know smelly and just they forged hot steel into parts there you know so it was a nasty place but it paid good money one of the guys that worked in my department he he was a bass player so we had that in common right yeah and uh so we were talking i come into work one day and he goes hey man he says uh my brother-in-law's band's looking for a drummer you want you interested in that? i go well what kind of music do they play and he said, because I've always been original music guy to as much as I could be, you know. And he said, they're a punk rock band. And I thought, nah, I'm not really into the punk rock too much, you know. I don't know. He goes, well, just call him. He's a nice guy. And I went, so I called Chris up. And Chris and I just hit it off really well. And he says, man, come on over and jam with us. So I go over to, they had a, a storefront on Van Dyke, <laughs> uh, north of, I think, uh, nine mile or so sure. and uh i jammed with those guys and uh and chris was a great bass player still is and so i really liked him and the singer his name is spaz <laughs> so you can only let your imagination run with that for a while but i liked him too i liked his voice and he was just very entertaining and everything so uh i auditioned for the band and they said hey we'd like to have you join so i joined the band what year was that? That was 1979. I think I was 23 or something. And I liked them because they did original music, right? But I didn't know much about the punk scene at all. And so I get involved with these guys and we start while well, we, we rehearse three times a week. We're doing all original music and it's it's interesting. It's different, you know, and that song Establishment Bash that we just heard was one of the early songs from that era of Cadillac Kids. Hmm. what venues would you guys play at that time well um band, uh, uh venues that would cater to punk rock or new wave music um the big one was bookies club 870 hmm. we played with iggy pop there wow yeah that was that was really exciting in fact i have a poster over here on my wall of that iggy played seven nights at bookies and uh, he used a different local band to open every night. And we were one of those nights. So that, that was a great experience. Uh, did you interact with him much or was it? Uh, Not much. Just got to see him in the back room for a second, you know, but it was just kind of surreal, you know? Yeah. Pinch me kind of moment. I would imagine like that's a keep up right there. We're yeah. about to play. 
Amazing. I love Diggy. I, I, I didn't tell you this. I should have put him down as one mm. of my Detroit guys because I, I'd, I'd go see these guys whenever possible, right? And I saw Iggy and the Stooges play on a bunch of different times. I saw, you'll love this. I saw Iggy and the Stooges play at Farmington High School. Oh, man. That's close to home. the gymnasium. <laughs> <laughs> he also played the high school circuit, I guess. Wow. Back then, you'd play wherever you could. Oh, man. That's amazing. Yeah, that's right. I grew up right right around there. Let's so, let's do it. Let's do an Iggy song. What should we play? Oh my goodness. God, I, you got to pick one, right? How hard is I, that? I, that? That's that's hard for me <laughs> to do. How about this? Let's do one that we don't know, maybe a, a farther deeper into the catalog kind of cut. Okay. Um now this this is uh probably you know the, the Stooges came out in in the, you know, the 70s right originally this would be more in the 80s okay um five foot one <laughs> i'm only five foot one dun, 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 dun. i got a pain in my heart <laughs> love it let's listen to five foot one from iggy pop and the stooges Life could be Swedish man 
Wow, Iggy Pop. Man, that's really fun to hear. I, I can't, this is not my genre. Just so you know, I'm like a, a blank slate. I, I know of the artists. I've heard some of the big hits, but punk is not a sweet spot for me. Sadly, post-punk, lots of post-punk. And where punk led us, uh, it's my, really a sweet spot for me, I would say, even to this day. But at the, the dawn of punk, I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't quite aware of it, I guess. I was, I was interested in something else at the time. So, Sure. And I wasn't either. You know, when I met these guys, Cadillac kids, I wasn't interested in punk either. Mm. I mean, I didn't. I mean, I always liked Iggy, but I never thought he was punk. I didn't know that that they went together. But apparently he's kind of like the godfather of mm. punk or something. You mm -hmm. know? Right in there. I guess I'm an old punk. Uh, you are an old punk. I bought a bunch of books when I was doing a show with Peter Abzug, uh, who does, has a radio show on punk. And uh, in fact, I've, I was reading all about it. There's some, you know, journals of where it really started in these old artists. It's very, very interesting stuff. I'll put links again on the, the website, uh, Lester the Nightfly, so you can um, you can check them out. Through the 80s, we, we had an evolution happen to our music, hmm. and we became a little bit more mainstream sounding, I guess I would call it. And so um, since, since you're interviewing me, let's play one of my songs that we did in that era. It's called I'm a Fool for Loving You. Yeah. 
are you? Are you a fool? Did you did you did you fall in love with the wrong girls? Did this happen to you, man? If if that wouldn't have happened to me about eighty times, I wouldn't even have any songs to write. Isn't that true? I got to tell you this right now, so we don't forget. So you know, I'm going out and doing some one man show things right now, playing acoustic guitar, right? And you know, I've through years I I wrote country, I wrote rock, a little bit of blues, and so when I'm doing my set now i'll do it open with a song or something like that it may be between one and two or but definitely between two and three i'll say you know uh i've written a lot of songs a lot of songs about women a lot of songs about drinking and a lot of songs about women and drinking <laughs> that that's the, the 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 chronology is two subjects <laughs> and they go together <laughs> and then you start again with another girl another again. woman and more drinking and and then you die like this is life we are here with ron chambers we're talking about the cadillac kids detroit rock and roll visiting with iggy pop and bob seeger grand funk we're really covering some ground here before we get to a, another track though i want to ask you about the most modern the newest at least from what i can tell from my seat band from michigan in the rock and roll genre which is but um bum do you have a name for me who who's hot right now from michigan oh uh, what's rock those, and roll there's a the, what are those guys names from i can't Frank think of yes they sound like led zeppelin yes and they're called greta van fleet that's it they're awesome <laughs> Yeah, awesome. really good band.
And that's all we will have time for this week. With Ron Chambers from the Cadillac Kids, visit CadillacKidsWithAZ.com to learn more. We'll have more next week. See you then. This has been a PJ DJ production. Thank you.